Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We are previewing today a very important concert coming up. Here in the northern Utah area, you have an opportunity to go and uh, hear and uh, not only hear, but experience. This is a multimedia presentation, War and the Human Heart, Songs of Battle, Loss, and Love. This commemorates the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day and honors veterans. It's presented by the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. And uh, we have with us in studio uh, Craig Jessup, Music Director for American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. Thanks. Good morning, us. Tom. Great to be here. Great to be, have you back. We also have with us uh, Jeffrey Gettleman, who's an attorney in the Chicago area and uh, who basically put together this concert. I understand you're artistic director and producer for the concert. I guess I'm everything except what Craig is doing. Okay, <laughs> great. Uh, good, to ha- good to have you both with us. And uh, both of you, you, uh, you share a, a bond, right, as uh, veterans of the uh, Armed Forces Music Musical services. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. Gettleman, what, uh, what what's your connection there? Well, I was a clarinetist in the U.S. Army in uh, uh, the Vietnam era, and I spent the year overseas in okay. Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, playing for the troops, I guess. And yes. Doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You yeah. know. I understand you have a, a love of wind instruments. You were played a wind instrument yourself. That's right. And I, I founded a wind instrument uh, chamber ensemble back in Chicago many years ago. And this is this concert is kind of an outgrowth of that idea. All right. I want to get back into that. And uh, Craig Jessup, you uh, you were with the, R, the, the Air Force. That's, that's correct. I, I was director of the Air Force Senior Sergeants in Washington, D.C. for eight years, commander of the Air Force Band of Europe at Ramstein Air Force Base for four years. And then uh, went to the Strategic Air Command Band, which became the Air Combat Heartland of America Band at Offutt Air Force Base in Omaha, Nebraska. And had a fantastic experience with all three of those positions. And all over with that experience, including at the Berlin Wall, I think. That's correct. I was in Europe from 87 to 91, right when the wall fell. And we were there right in the center of all of that historic happening. It was an amazing time to be in Europe. Yeah. Uh, so, Jeffrey Gettleman, uh, tell me, I, I understand this is, this is your brainchild, War and the Human Heart, Songs of Battle, Loss, and uh, Love. Right. Well, so the, you know, the idea of the concert is um, most ensembles, including Craig's, you know, have a, a yearly Veterans Day concert. And Craig is still having that concert. But, you know, this concert is not that concert. So the normal, typical Veterans Day concert is really f- for veterans. and um, But this concert is more about veterans. It's to help the audience understand what a veteran's experience is really like through music. Um, so obviously he chose music with that in mind. Yes. Yeah, so... Um, it was, you know, the music is divided into several different themes, uh, which kind of represent the different facets of what a veteran goes through. Um, so, you know, camaraderie, for instance, you know, as everyone knows, you know, when you serve in the military, you end up being pretty close to the people you serve with, and it's kind of a unique bond. So we have a section on that, and we have sections on different aspects of the veteran's experience. Uh, including, interestingly, um, some music by composers who were or are veterans. Yes. So they obviously can, uh, they had the experience firsthand. Yeah. I want to jump in, um, and that's where I've focused uh, in, in selecting music for this program. I uh, couldn't select excerpts from all of the pieces. We don't have uh, that much time. Come to the concert for that. That's right. Uh, Craig Jessup, how to get tickets? You can go to usu.arts.usu.edu and get them online. You can go to the ticket office at Utah State University and pick them up personally. And there are tickets left, and we'd love to have every seat in the house filled. All right. And this is an extraordinary concert, not only uh, music, but uh, understand uh, uh, film. Film right. clips and audio clips and a narrator and yeah. um, which readers. Is, which is Ken Verdoya. Ken Verdoya of yeah. uh, KUED yeah. uh, is coming with us. And this is not a concert. This is an event. It's an incredible uh, production that is really the brainchild of uh, Jeff. And the, the whole idea just spoke to me very deeply on many, many levels. For the, first, the concept itself, 
and then the music that he's brought to me. A few I knew, but many I had never done before. And I have to say, I've loved doing and preparing every one of them. Not an easy concert. Mm. And working with winds and brass and percussion again has been a marvelous thing mm. for me, t- taking me back down memory lane. Yeah. So, Jeffrey Gettleman, um, the concert will open with a shofar call. This is the ram's horn. Right? Yes. So you're reaching back to ancient Israel. That's right. Well, so... Um, the first, you know, when I said themes, you know, the first section of the concert is really what I call kind of setting the stage for, and the shofar is meant to basically focus the audience's attention just like it was used in ancient Israel. And this, uh, the ram's horn, this was, you know, the biblical story of the, the fall of the walls of Jericho, right? That's what they were blowing. That's right. Right. <laughs> and uh, God told them if they marched, made noise and blew the ram's horn, the walls would fall, and they did. Later on, I'm reading from the program notes, which I think Mr. Gettleman put together, um, it, it was a call together. Yes. Right? I mean, and, and we're, we're part of the multimedia is um, exhibiting quotations and other materials that support or relate to what's going on on stage. So in this particular case, there's a quote um, which is from um, the time when the uh, the walls of Jerusalem were being rebuilt um, and um, there weren't enough, I mean, you know, it was not a friendly environment because the, you know, Israelites had been gone for so many years in Babylon and uh, the other local tribes were not that happy that they were coming back. And so in any event, the uh, there weren't enough guards to guard the entire wall. And so... Um, they had a uh, uh, the the order of the day was that if you heard the shofar blow, that that's where you were supposed to go because mm-hmm. that meant that you were getting attacked from that direction. Mm-hmm. And this will not be a simulation. This will be an actual shofar. Yes, it'll be being blown at the concert. Exactly, that'll, that'll be extraordinary. And hopefully, the walls of the Danes <laughs> will survive. <laughs> They'll survive. Yes. Tell him about the uh, musician who's playing. Yeah, so yes, the shofar player is uh, Steve Ovitsky, who is the uh, director, executive director of the Santa Fe uh, Chamber Music Festival. But he's a shofar expert, has been recorded, and, you know, he's he plays all over. So. Yeah. I want to get to uh, some music here, and I've uh, prepared about a minute from uh, some music of Percy Granger. I hadn't known much about Percy Granger, and I read your notes and um, he's an an odd duck. You can call oh him an odd gosh. duck. Oh, my gosh. This is one interesting an, an eccentric. character. <laughs> yes. Tell us a little bit about Percy Granger. He's from Australia, and he primarily uh, emphasized music for bands, for winds and brass. And his probably most famous piece is a collection of English folk songs called Lincolnshire Posey, which is brilliant. I think there are seven movements of different folk songs from Great Britain. And he really treated the band as a symphonic instrument. He really made it uh, its own musical force and gave wonderful repertoire. Then he wrote a lot of uh, music for winds and band as well. And this is a marvelous poem of Yudyard Kipling. Mm. We fed our seas for a thousand years. And what's, uh, Jeffrey Gellman, what, what is Kipling, what's his message here? Well, I think Kipling was basically making the point that, you know, it's nice to have an empire, but there's a cost to it, and we have to be cognizant of the cost. Mm-hmm. And the words are, if blood be the price of admiralty, Lord God, we have paid in full. Mm. Let's hear just about a minute. Uh, this is a Percy Granger setting a Rudyard Kipling poem, We Have Fed Our Sea for a Thousand Years.
So that's music of Percy Granger setting a Rudyard Kipling uh, poem. Very beautiful there. Um, uh, Percy Granger, I, I kind of connected with him through your notes here. Um, uh, he didn't use the Italian note, I guess doesn't. Didn't uh, oh no uh, uh, he, he he'll you know, use plain uh, English right exactly if he wants you to uh, lengthen it'll say clingingly <laughs> instead or, of poco a poco or exactly. whatever yeah no, or mozo yeah. clinging yeah. right and he he said this is a wonderful quote um, he said my life has been one of kicking out into space while the world around us is dying of good taste he hated the uh, the filthy sonata symphony form he said. <laughs> so, well, that sort of says it all right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. So, and he was a he's a veteran, apparently. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He emigrated to the U.S. and served during World War One as a saxophone player. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. He served served in the in the music uh, area. Uh, one uh, piece of music I don't have this uh, piece of music prepared, but um, um, a, a woman uh, named Anna Marley, and uh, she has a song of the partisan fighters. I guess. Uh, an ode to the resistance. Yeah, the um, uh, she actually was Russian, and um, you know during the turbulent years around the World War One, she ended up in London, and although she had spent some time in France, and she wrote a song um, to support the the French efforts against the German occupation, and it became you know extremely popular, not surprisingly, in France. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, people may forget um, resistance, very, very dangerous. You get caught, you get killed, right? Right. And uh, these were untrained people fighting a well-trained right. uh, army, but yeah. uh, rear guard action. Yeah. And uh, very important, at the very least, for the espionage and the, and the information. Oh, and here is this, uh, I would think, in her time, a very strong feminist standing up against this invasion and this will be sung by professor cindy dewey who's a depart, uh, department head of music uh and it's in, for me you may uh contradict me if you want jeff but this is like a a french torch singer <laughs> this is something you'd hear in a nightclub or a bar or mm. on the stage you wouldn't hear this in the opera house the well you know the interesting thing was that the the resistance was made up of you know both men and women, mm -hmm. and so um, and you know the song, the words of the song itself you know are are pretty harsh you know because she's basically <clears throat> exhorting her countrymen to do in the invaders any way mm -hmm. they can figure out how to do it. So, in a way, the Joan of Arc. Yes. Interesting. I want to, before we go to a break, I want to uh, get another piece of music in here. Um, and I've uh, just selected a, oh, a couple of minutes of um, a war song of the Franks. Albert Roussel, um, who I didn't know this, uh, Roussel, a veteran, yes. another veteran. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about his service. Um, actually, I don't know yeah, much okay. about his service, but I do know that he served in the military. Okay. Um, so tell me about the the uh, Le Bardie des Francs, the the war song of the Franks. Right. So the the Franks were a tribe that uh, existed at the time of this that the song depicts. They were on the border of the receding Roman Empire and clashed with the Romans, you know, often. And um, this is uh, this particular excerpt is from a poem uh, that depicts the battle and. Um, you know, it it is it it's meant the theme that in the concert that it's meant to support is uh, is what you know is called colloquially battle madness. You know that if you're in combat, sometimes you kind of just forget yourself, and all you can do is basically destroy whatever is in front of you. And you know, I mean, it it sounds strange, but it's a real phenomenon that's been you know uh, memorialized through history, and so that's what this song kind of depicts. I want to read a little bit of the of this. The conflict grew warm. A whirlwind of dust arose and involved the combatants. The blood flowed like torrents swelled by winter rains, like the waves of Europeus in the straits of Euboea. The Frank, proud of his wounds, which were more visible on his half-naked body, resembled a specter that had burst from the tomb and was stalking amidst the slain. The arms lost their brilliancy. All was dimmed with dust and sweat and with carnage. Broken helmets, scattered plumes, bucklers, cloven asunder, uh, kirkses uh, pierced with many a stroke. 
And uh, at at one point, the the Franks, I guess, getting ready for battle, amplified their sound through their shields, which which must have been quite the effect for the opposing armies. Quite a noise. Yeah. Well, let's hear a little bit of this. Uh, This is a music of Albert Roussel, uh, Le Parti des Francs, War Song of the Franks. Music of Albert Roussel, the War Song of the Franks. That's uh, <laughs> it's rousing, rousing, rousing. Stuff. And the text is gruesome. It's a very, very strong and violent text. Unusual for choirs to sing a text that's this brutal. Hmm. Well, and actually, you know, a good point is that we're going to be using um, English supertitles at this concert, so everyone will be able to really understand what's being sung. Really experience it. You, uh, Mr. Gentleman, you have, uh, you put in the program a quote from uh, Winston Churchill. Um, I want to quote, uh, give you, give people the quote, never were soldiers more willing, this is in the uh, Sudanese war, I told my troop they were the finest men of the world, in the world, and I'm sure they would have followed me as far as I would have gone. That I may tell you, and only you, he's writing to his mother, I believe, uh, was a very long way for my soul becomes very high in such moments. Churchill, famously, um, you know, I think loved some aspects of, of being in the battle. Oh, definitely. He loved war, and the world was very fortunate that Mr. Churchill was where he was when we needed him the most. He understood it. Uh, he had a passion, seems maybe the wrong word, but he knew the importance Avoid the conflict if you can, but if you can't, nothing, nothing, nothing will replace victory. Mm-hmm. And that's an aspect of, you know, the camaraderie, the, I guess, the adrenaline rush, the life and death. It's an aspect of being in battle. Yeah. I don't know if you've had conversations with, uh, with soldiers that uh, where they express this kind of a sentiment. Uh, of course, we hear about the you know, the hell of, of, of war, you know. The but horrible. these soldiers are bond to one another. That, I, I think, first and foremost, is 
this commitment to the unit, to the group, in behalf of the nation. It, it's a bond that is rare and unique and something that uh, you, I think, can only experience in this military situation. These are some of the finest people I've ever known in my life or worked with mm. and largely forgotten and not known by most of humanity. Yeah. Uh, and you could, you could see, you know, the pageantry, the um, some attractive aspects, uh, and, you know, it, to war, at least to, ahead of time, right? The ceremonial the parades, aspects. The ceremony aspects. Yeah. I wonder the war that we're commemorating here, the you know, 100th anniversary of the armistice, World War One, and you get a trench warfare and you get, uh, you know, poison gas. And uh, Just I, I don't horrible, know. Horrible. Almost nothing you can take out of the heraldry and the pageantry no. of that war, no. you know, um, which, I don't know, maybe maybe is a good thing to, to focus on. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I neglected to give uh, credits. Luxembourg Phil- Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Bramwell Toby. Uh, on that last piece, and then uh, the Percy Granger piece, Joyful Company of Singers, City of London Symphonia, and I think that might be Richard Hickox conducting on, on, on that one. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, I uh, want to hear some more uh, music and hear some more about this concert. It's coming up. You can go to it. War and the Human Heart, Songs of Battle, Loss, and Love, and uh, that's happening on Saturday. Um, 7.30 p.m. in the Danes Concert Hall. And you can get tickets at arts.usu.edu or come to the ticket office of the King College of the Arts. Okay. Extraordinary concert. It's more than a concert. It's multimedia. It's an event. Um, It's an event. And uh, the brainchild of Jeffrey Gettleman, who's with us in studio. We also have Craig Jessup, um, music director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra with us. Uh, I want to mention uh, Mr. Gettleman has been instrumental in putting together, um, encouraging, putting together, organizing a lot (laughs) of events surrounding the 100th anniversary of the Armistice. And you can find out all about those going on um, in uh, Logan, Northern Utah, USU, by going to AmericanFestivalChorus.org. That's correct. And uh, uh, Mr. Gunn was put together a a bunch of things. I want to put in a special plug for something UPR is spearheading. Uh, We Remember Them Roadshow is happening on November 10th, 10 a.m. to noon at the USU Eccles Conference Center. You can find this on Facebook as well, We Remember Them. Uh, type that in, and you can share your World War One era stories and artifacts uh, at that event. Um, November 10th, 10 a.m. to noon, USU Eccles Conference Center. More following this break. Renee Fleming is one of the greatest living opera singers. She'll go down in history as one of the greatest ever to live. So there's a new movie out, and the lead character is based on her. But check this out. Renee Fleming sings the parts in the movie, but she's played by Julianne Moore. What is that like? Well, you'll find out. That's coming up on Q from PRI Public Radio International. This afternoon at 1 on Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Science by the Slice. Many Utahns have heard of Lake Bonneville, but not as many know about the unique imprint it left on northern Utah and southern Idaho. The ancient Pleistocene Lake, of which the Great Salt Lake is a remnant, covered nearly 32,000 square miles at its peak. In the new online video, Geological Highlights of Cache Valley, USU geologists describe the region's geology, including bathtub rings left by the huge body of water. This segment of Science by the Slice is brought to you by the USU College of Science, offering degree programs in mathematics and varied scientific disciplines. Details at usu.edu science. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're previewing uh, an event coming up in northern Utah. It's called War and the Human Heart, Songs of Battle, Loss, and Love. It's commemorating the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day and honors uh, veterans. It's being performed by the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, along with uh, many guest artists. And uh, the artistic director and producer is uh, Jeffrey Gettleman, who we have in studio here and uh, 
course, the music director for the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra is uh, Craig Jessup, also dean of the Kane College of the Arts, former music director of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, now Tabernacle Choir at Tabernacle Temple Choir at Temple Square. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, again, I want to reiterate with uh, Jeffrey Gettleman, um, your purpose, what uh, people come, and again, it's arts.usu.edu. That's correct. Where you can get tickets. It's a Saturday evening at 7.30. That's correct. The Danes Concert Hall. So, Jeffrey Gettleman, what do you want people to come out of this concert with? Well, for the non-veterans in the audience, uh, you know, the the purpose is to help them understand on kind of an emotional level what a veteran experiences. Because, you know, with the volunteer army or armed services, you know, for so long— less and less families have, or fewer and fewer families have a direct connection with the military. And so, you know, people thank Craig and I for our service, but most people don't understand what our service really was. And so, um, you know, listening to this music obviously communicates what a veteran does in a different way than reading a book or an article or watching a TV show. So um, that's what we hope to have them come away with. Yeah. And again, that's uh, Saturday evening, uh, 7.30, Dane's uh, Concert Hall on the USU uh, campus. Tickets still available, arts.usu.edu. Let's uh, hear some more uh, some more music. Um, so the next piece up is uh, music of Gustav Holst, and uh, he's uh, setting some poetry of Walt Whitman. Powerful. And Walt Whitman has a connection to the Civil War. He was a medic in the Civil War. He volunteered. And like Rayfon Williams, who also, who was enlisted, served as a medic, saw the absolute worst, worst horrors of the battlefield as they attended to the wounded soldiers, living and dead, some of them, and carried them off the battlefield. It was an act of compassion and uh, changed their lives forever. I want to read uh, just this poem. It's in the notes here, the program notes. This is Walt Whitman's poem, or from the poem, The Wound Dresser. This is Walt Whitman. Thus in silence, in dreams projections, returning, resuming, I thread my way through the hospitals. The hurt and the wounded I pacify with soothing hand. I sit by the, by the restless all the dark night. Some are so young. Some suffer so much. I recall the experience sweet and sad. Many a soldier's loving arms around this neck have crossed and rested. Many a soldier's kiss dwells on these bearded lips. Uh, he, he, he had uh, the power of language and words. I, many would consider him one of America's foremost poets of all. And this dirge for two veterans, to me, it, he is recalling a scene that he probably actually saw or experienced a father and a son both dropped in battle and their burial uh, as they're brought home. It's gripping. Mm. Let's hear this. Uh, this is the City of London Sinfonietta, joyful company of singers. Richard Hickox uh, is uh, directing. This is a dirge for two veterans of Gustav Holst.
There's a portion of a dirge for two veterans, Gustav Holst setting Walt Whitman. As you mentioned, uh, Dr. Jessup, uh, the two veterans in question are father and son. That's correct. That's and correct. Both, both fallen. Buried on a Sabbath day in the moonlight. Yeah. And at the very end of the poem, the moon brings your light and the bugles and the drums bring you music. And my heart, oh, my soldiers, my veterans, my heart gives you love. Mm. It's powerful. Very powerful. I, I get goose flesh just talking about yeah. it. I also noticed, uh, Dr. Jessup, uh, you were, you can't help yourself but conducting. You were conducting. Uh, was I? That, yeah. Yeah. You, I noticed your, your fingers were. <laughs> well, there's a certain starkness in how he's orchestrated it. There are three trumpets, two trombones a snare drum, and a bass drum. But what he does with that starkness, it's a lot of it's a cappella, but you have this relentless march going. Mm -hmm. So having done several funerals at Arlington and seeing the caisson and the horse, the riderless horse with the boots backwards in the stirrup, the military brass band coming in, he has captured the feeling, the solemnity, the nobility of honoring those who have given their last full measure of devotion, as yeah. Lincoln said. Yeah, beautiful, very beautiful. Again, that was the City of London Symphony at a joyful company of singers, Richard Hickox, uh, conducting. Um, I want to make a, uh, another mention of Gustav Holst here, um, who would have served World War One, but he was declared unfit. For, for active duty, um, served musically, as um, so we did. His brother joined the army, and uh, his wife apparently drove ambulance. So uh, Gustav Holst was was composing around the time of the the main focus of the concert, which was World War One. I want to uh, turn next uh, to a, an extraordinary work that I had not been familiar with. Um, I'm assuming. But you gentlemen both were familiar with this. Mr. Gettleman, obviously, he put it in the concert. Tell us a little bit about uh, Boslav Martinu's uh, field mass, or soldier's mass, or military mass. Uh, Dr. Jessup, can you pronounce the Czech? Polnye Mesh. Polnye Mesh. Okay. All right. Uh, translated the, the field mass, or soldier's mass. Tell us a little bit about this. So Martinu was Czech, and he was obviously in what was then Czechoslovakia and at the outbreak of World War II. Uh, um, well, actually, he was in France. He had uh, em not really emigrated, but uh, centered his musical activities in France. And um, when uh, the Germans started invading other countries, um, he wrote this piece, which was um, meant to be performed in an outdoor setting by soldiers. And so it has a pretty sparse instrumentation, and it also includes a small organ called a harmonium, which is typically actually used in outdoor services because it's, it's uh, operated by pumping pedals, which activate a bellows, and that's how the sound comes out. So it's not connected to any electricity or anything. So um, as it turns out, um, you know, the because of the Germans advanced so quickly and occupied France and Martin, who had to flee to the United States, the piece was actually never performed during, his, uh, during the war, but it was uh, given its premiere, I think, in 1946. Hmm. Uh, this was designed to be performed outdoors, yes. right, as you say, right? Um, and I, I think what he was trying to do is give people a, 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 the, the best feel they could of being in battle. Exactly. Well, you know, it actually being in battle. It, I think it's it operates kind of on two levels because you know you you are right that um, from the audience's standpoint it it does I think clearly illustrate you know that a soldier is not always you know involved in these gallant brave acts but they're scared. And, you know, they're on guard duty in the middle of the night and they're freezing and they're trying to stay awake. And, you know, th that's the kind of thing that people go through and or veterans go through. And, you know, unless you've done it, you don't really appreciate it. But I think the other level is, you know, from uh, the soldier's viewpoint. So I think, you know, it, it gives both viewpoints pretty well um, because if, if, if you were a soldier like 
Craig's former group, the Singing Sergeants, if you were singing this, you know, you would be singing it kind of from the heart. You know, this is what I'm going through. (laughs) Right. Dr. Jessup, anything you'd like to say about this? First of all, I think this is a hidden gem. This is a masterwork that needs to be performed more. I have just loved every second of its preparation. And uh, he captures the fear, the fright, the paralyzing fright of the soldier. You hear the battle rushing forward. You hear the prayers. Suddenly you hear this organ. And he asked for a harmonium, which we could not really get, which was the old pedal organ that they could pack out onto the battlefield. There's a bell that calls them to worship. And you have the experience of the men taking the mass, partaking of communion in their uniforms out on the battlefield. You hear snippets of uh, Czech folk music. You hear snippets of Czech hymns and chorales. And it is gripping. The men have loved it. Uh, Half of this concert is for male chorus. and It's been a marvelous uh, challenge and opportunity to really focus and build this men's chorus. And we have the men of the Utah State University Chorale joining us as well. So between my group, uh, we'll have about 100 men uh, forming this chorus, and I've placed them right down in front and built the women around the men uh, up above them. Uh, This piece alone is worth coming to the concert for. It's the longest work on the program. Two flutes, two clarinets, three trumpets, two trombones, a huge battery of percussion, bells, uh, organ, and piano. Mm. This alone, people should come and hear. All right. And the soloist is Professor Eric Hood, uh, director of the Vocal Studies Program at Utah State. Uh, Bass baritone? Bass baritone. He's Mm -hmm. marvelous, and his check is fantastic. Uh, this is, uh, let's hear just a couple minutes. I, I just um, I just went about 11 minutes in, <laughs> not knowing the piece, and we'll hear just a couple of minutes of this. And uh, this is uh, um, set, it includes passages from uh, the Psalms, several of the Psalms, Several of right? the Psalms. It actually opens with the Lord's Prayer. The first mm-hmm. words you will hear is, Boshenash, mm-hmm. our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. And then it goes through some poetry about a soldier who's serving sentry duty in the middle of the night and the loneliness and fear that he feels. And then it quotes several psalms, and then it ends as it began, Our Father, which art in heaven. Hmm. It's, it's powerful. Let's hear just a bit of this. This is from the middle of, uh, of the piece. This is the uh, field mass or soldier's mass of Boslav Martinu.
So there's just a portion of the uh, Polny Misia, the Field Master, Soldier's Mass of Boislav Martinu. I didn't get any credits on this, uh, but if you go to YouTube and type in Polny Misia, it's the first there, one that comes up. There, okay, there are several. Yeah. One is uh, actually choreographed and staged. Yeah, so this one was, was staged, quite, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's a part of this performance. Let's uh, go to a break, and when we come back, we'll have uh, music from a living composer, a veteran. Um, uh, by the way, we had a question on Albert Roussel, and he served in the Navy for a few years in the 1880s. I looked it up on uh, on the unimpeachable site to Wikipedia. I assume it's true. Um, <laughs> so uh, that was the music of Boslav Martinu. Um, tell us again, Dr. Jessup, the, the concert and concert when and where. And- this Saturday evening, November 3rd at 7.30 p.m. in the Danes Concert Hall. And you can get tickets at the ticket office at the Chase Fine Arts Center and King College of the Arts or go online at arts.usu.edu and you can order tickets, or you can go to AmericanFestivalChorus.org and hit a link, and it'll take you to the ticket office. And I want to put in a plug for a lot of events that are happening, uh, organized uh, by uh, Mr. Gettleman. AmericanFestivalChorus.org, you can see all of those events um, surrounding the commemoration of the 100th, 100th uh, anniversary of the armistice. A lot of stuff happening, uh, so uh, get out and support some of those at least. And uh, you can go to AmericanFestivalCourse.org to find out that whole list. I want to put in a special plug for something that Utah Public Radio is spearheading, um, and along with the Mountain West Center for Regional Studies. Um, you can share your World War One era stories and artifacts at a special roadshow. We Remember Them Roadshow. That's happening November 10th. 10 a.m. to noon at the USU Eccles Conference Center. You can find out more at the Facebook page. We remember them. More following this break. I'm Stephen Dubner. On the next Freakonomics Radio, I'm sorry. The idea here is that an apology is basically like signing a contract. Researchers know the formula for a successful apology. So why are most apologies so unsuccessful? What occurred was unintentional, completely regrettable, and I apologize if you guys are offended. How to optimize your apology? That's next time on Freakonomics Radio. Coming up at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Being in a string quartet is often a full-time gig. Musicians focus their whole career on the ensemble. But it doesn't have to be that way. Members of the new Orford Quartet have taken a different approach. Coming up, their unique work arrangement and the refreshing result on the next performance today from APM. Tonight at 9 on Utah Public Radio. Utah Public Radio is everywhere you are with news, information, and musical programming statewide via our six transmitters and 30 translator signals. Worldwide on the web at upr.org and through our new online app. UPR is only a push of the button away. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. We have reached our last segment with Craig Jessup, who is music director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, and Jeffrey Gettleman, who is an attorney in the Chicago area and who is artistic director and producer of this concert that we're previewing, War in the Human Heart, Songs of Battle, Loss, and Love. And that's happening Saturday evening at 7.30. You can get tickets at arts.usu.edu. That's in the Danes Concert Hall on the USU uh, campus. I want to fit in one last piece of music here, so let's get right to to this. This is a a melancholy and beautiful, beautiful piece. Uh, A living composer, Roger Roger Boutry. Tell us briefly about uh, Mr. Boutry. Well, he's had a long and distinguished career as a musician, um, both in and out of the service. Uh, For many years, he was the conductor or the music director of the Republican Guard, which is... um, uh, a unit of the French, um, uh, basically Department of the Interior, and it's not really part of the armed services, but um, but they are considered to be the the band that represents the uh, the country at you know any kind of formal event or you know Bastille Day, and and so they're very you know well known in France as a military band, and uh, he wrote this piece uh, to commemorate the Battle of Verdun. Um, on its anniversary, I believe, and um, 
it, you know, where there were like 750,000 casualties. So it's not a it's not a happy piece. But um, uh, we got this piece is not real is not published. Uh, we got special permission from uh, Monsieur Boutry to perform it. Mm. And uh, hopefully, by implication, to uh, play a bit of it now. And <laughs> I did find a recording on YouTube, and this is the the Republican uh, Guard. So perhaps Mr. Butry himself is conducting here. I'm not sure. Um, let's hear just a bit of this. And Verdun, just to remind people, uh, 300,000 deaths, yeah. 800,000 casualties, yeah. a horrible, horrible uh, battle. This is commemorating that, and you'll hear this in the music, Marche de Novembre. so beautiful melancholy tragic very yeah yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful beautiful piece perfect so th- for november 1st on this gray day is yeah. perfect so i i just wanted to mention that um during this piece uh it's not just a musical piece because there is a short film that's going to be shown during while craig and his group are playing this that was shot especially for this concert and I don't want to give too much away, but okay. <laughs> so come, come and experience that. And we just have uh, time left to um, uh, give people uh, the word on the concert, uh, Doctor Jessup. Uh. This Saturday evening, November the third, at seven thirty p.m. in the Danes Concert Hall of the Chase Fine Arts Center at Utah State University. You can go to the ticket office at the Chase Fine Arts Center and purchase the tickets directly. Or go to our website, arts.usu.edu, and order online. Or you can go to the American Festival Chorus uh, website at americanfestivalchorus.org and chick, uh, click the link on tickets, and it'll take you to the USU box office. And one final plug for all of the events happening, organized by Mr. Gettleman, uh, AmericaFestivalChorus.org. You can find all of those, That's those events happening yeah. uh, surrounding the 100th anniversary of the armistice uh, ending uh, World War One. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey Gettleman has been with us, attorney in the Chicago area, artistic director and producer of this concert. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. And Dr. Craig Jessup, uh, music director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. And uh, thanks for listening to Access Utah. Mm-hmm.
On the next Putumayo World Music Hour, we'll travel to the remote and rocky islands of Cape Verde, 300 miles off the west coast of Africa, to hear enchanting mornas, funanas, and coladeras. I'm Rosalie Howard. Join me for Cape Verde, the next Putumayo World Music Hour. Join us Friday night at 10 on Utah Public Radio. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and City Weekly, a local independent news source with event listings, entertainment picks, movie and restaurant reviews. Available weekly on newsstands or online at cityweekly.net. Utah Public Radio is a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSU FM Logan, and online at upr.org. Up next is Freakonomics. Thanks for tuning in.